Hello, my friends. Brett Patterson coming at you from the financial capital of the West Salt Lake City, Utah, joined today by the chairman. It's good to be here, Brett. How are you doing? I am living the dream, brother. Good. It's a great year so far. Yeah. A couple bank failures, crazy interest rates. Yeah. Other than that. And a really good skiing year with all the snow Utah's Ooh, getting. It's, great skiing year. I love to ski. It's been an awesome year. Best year in, I don't know. Best year since the 60s. It's been a long time. It's been really good. Oh, that global warming is crushing us right now. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk markets. Okay. Let's give a year-to-date update on returns because it has been a good year. I'm going to start with bonds first. Okay. Okay. It's important to understand all asset classes, not just the market as far as the stock market goes. So the bonds, the S&P 500 bond index up 2.43% on the year, which is better than last year. Yep. The 20-year treasury, which we have now moved on the long end of the curve for clients is up 4.77%. S&P 500 up 4.91. And here's the big one. The NASDAQ. 100. So the QQQ, if you were to buy it, up 17.43%. Pretty good. Which is which is crazy. Here's some statistics for you. We are, in fact, let's talk about probabilities for a second, because the next stats that I want to share are about probabilities of something happening. Mm-hmm. You and I watch CNBC at least have it on mute and read the headlines. And it seems like on CNBC... Uh, there's a lot of low probability events discussed all the time. Brian, what would be an example of a low probability event that is talked about? Well, the first one that popped to my mind is they talk we they talk about a nuclear you know event, something like that. That's one probability. Yep. Uh, catastrophic uh, financial collapse, like in 2008, 2009. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's possible, but also I would say it's a low probability. The stock market being cut in half, driven by Fed raising interest rates, that kind of thing. All those kind of things, yeah. yeah. Yeah, those are what they do on, you know, they're selling TV ads and that's that's how they get people to watch is, you know, kind of extreme points of view. Those are the people fear. that are in- interesting. They, they sell fear and uh, the... People are, are the these people they have on those on TV. A lot of times are they're just talking about really low probability events. And and uh, yes, it's possible it could happen, but they're very unlikely. Okay, situations. Yeah, great examples. Low probability events. Uh, here's what's high probability. Okay, here's some statistics. When you have a positive first quarter. Of the year, which we've just had. First quarter is almost over. Great, great start to the year. On average, after a good Q1 since post-World War II, the market is positive 94.4% of the time for the rest of the year. So if you're playing probabilities, 94% probability after a, a positive Q1 I like those odds. Yeah, yeah. There's just no guarantee, but I like those odds. The average return, 18.6% on the S&P. So those are historical, basically. Historical norms. Historically, what's happened. Yeah. yeah. So if we're playing the probabilities, can't guarantee it, but should be a pretty darn good year. Yeah. 
knock on wood. Okay, here's the interesting thing. Our clients, the current, if you remember, we had an S&P 500 prediction contest with our clients at the beginning of the year. The average prediction on the S&P with all of our clients, and I think there was close to 100 people that, that jumped in, the average was 41.72 on the S&P for our clients. Current S&P is at 40.58. I think our clients yeah. they did a pretty good job. Pretty good job so far. So far. Yeah. So far. All right. We ended the year at 30. What was the, where, where did the S&P at the end of the year? Oh, geez. Was it? 30, 39-ish. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. We're up for what on the S&P? Up 4.9%. Okay. So uh, here's the interesting thing, too. Let's just wrap up the quarter. Going into 2023, there were three of the top sector picks by analysts. Okay, the top three sector picks by analysts. The first one was energy. Everybody thought energy was going to have a phenomenal year. Energy's down 6.7%. Every the second pick was healthcare. Healthcare is going to have a phenomenal year as well, down six point one two percent. And the third pick, as far as analysts going in, and economists was uh, consumer staples, which is down one percent on the year, which is crazy. It's not really crazy though, once you think about it. The two, the two picks that were the least likely were consumer discretionary and technology. What I think is funny about this is those those three sectors you mentioned at the beginning, the, the, the ones that they were the, the best picks for the year, were all the ones that did really well last year. And the ones that they were negative or down on for this year, the ones that did poorly last year. So it's, it's a very contrarian. I, so yeah. don't follow the herd is what you're saying. Exactly. So... Consumer discretionary up 10% on the year, technology sector uh, 16%. Of course, the, the, the NASDAQ up's over 17. Mm -hmm. So that's as, as we look at sectors going, you know, the first quarter. And that's, that's an important point you bring up is that in a, in a, in a transition from a bearish market to a bullish market, the laggards during the bearish market, which was technology. Technology was, I mean, NASDAQ was down 33% last year. Yeah. The laggards become the bull market's early on leaders. Mm -hmm. And typically, historically, it lasts from, you know, eight to 12 months that they start leading. And then it kind of flattens out from there. But that's what we're seeing right now. So. Yeah. And it, it just seems like if you look at last year's, this is just from my recollection over the last 30 years. It seems like uh, what was last year's worst performers is usually this year's best performers and vice versa. I mean, that's just how markets work. You know, people, yep. investors overdo it on the downside on what wasn't working last year. And then they, uh, on the flip side, they generally overdo it on the upside for over time as well. Yep. Absolutely. So let's take, a, let's take a look at some of these technology names that were crushed last year. And that's going to lead us into my question, which is the topic of the day. Yeah. Okay. So Amazon, 
uh, up 19, almost 20% on the year. Microsoft 17, Apple up 23, almost 24%. And, and Alphabet, uh, Google up almost 15%, 14.83. So we were in a conversation uh, the other day. And in fact, before that, uh, here's the interesting thing. Amazon, Brian, is still down 46% from its highs. Yeah. It's got a long way to go. Uh, Google off 32% from its highs. But we were in a conversation the other day, mm -hmm. and we were talking about Amazon. We talk about companies all the time here at Global HQ. And you mentioned to me, at Amazon, which is still down 46% from its highs, is more valuable today than it was a year ago. <laughs> now, I know what you mean, but others would hear that and be like, you're smoking something, Brian, yeah. because it's down 46% still from its highs. Right. So what did you mean by saying that Amazon is more valuable today than it was a year ago. Yeah. Explain that to so me. So there's the price, and we know that the price is less, 46% lower than what it was a year ago. Yes. So I'm not talking about the price, but what I'm talking about is the intrinsic value, the underlying value of Amazon okay. is more valuable today than it was a year ago. How, how so? How, so like how can you say that? Yeah. So if you look at, Amazon and what they've done over the last, well, what they do over time is they actually take a portion of their profits, a large portion of the profits, and they reinvest that back into the business to create, grow future revenue, grow future profits. And that's what I'm talking about. And that's what businesses do is they take their profits from the previous year and they can do a couple things with it. In the case of Amazon, they're taking pretty much all of their profits and reinvesting back in the business into plant and equipment. And I'll, I'll show you some data here in a second, but they're taking all those profits, putting in, reinvesting back into new employees, plant and equipment, uh, vans, you know, for delivery vans, okay. technology. They're, they're spending a lot of money on re research and development, developing new technologies. There, you know, of course, AWS requires a lot of uh, reinvestment back into the business and technology and artificial intelligence, all those things. So those investments are an expense today, and they don't show up in the in in the bottom line of a, the profitability. But if we're looking out three, five years from now, from now, if they've made good investments, and if you, and that's why we say it's so important to invest in businesses with great managers, because that's their number one job is to allocate the resources, the capital of the company back in the business. So if you believe okay. management is doing that, then of course the business, the intrinsic value of the business is more valuable today than it was a year ago or five years ago. So there's two things to this. I want to summarize before we dig in. With Amazon or any other company, there's the price of the stock. That's not what you're talking about. No. There's the value of the business. That's what, what you're talking about. Right. And that's where we spend our time is looking at the value of the business. Right. But we look at, as an example, as a real world example, we were talking about Iron Gate. Yeah. And I've been, I joined you Geez, we're going on nine years. Nine years. Which is awesome. Yeah. Nine years ago, there were three of us. <laughs> the business was valuable. Yeah. But now we have 
Matthew, Spencer, Katie, McKenna, um, Cassidy, Cassidy, Steve. Yeah, we've got a lot of other people. We've invested back in the business in the form of salaries. Dan, Dan Bell. Yeah. Dan and and technology, which we're starting to roll out even better te- technology. We've invested a lot back in. Oh, yeah. But our business compared to what it was nine years ago, five years ago, three years ago, is so much more valuable. Right. For, That's a simple example. Right. Simple example. And for for a couple of years, we took basically the profits and reinvested back in the business. Yep. And as owners, you and I as owners, we weren't making no. any new money. Forget it. Forget it. Right. Invest back in it the was, business. It's called delayed. That's 100%. It's a Charlie Munger. Charlie Munger principle called delayed gratification. Yep. And it can really pay off if you invest well. And it, ha- you know, it does pay off over mm-hmm. time. It's the same thing with the business. They're taking their current profits. Now they could say, you know what? We want to keep all those profits, but guess what? Future revenue, future earnings, future, the future growth of that business, if they do that, won't be as valuable in the future. If they continue to do, you know, with that attitude. So Amazon, which is still down 46%, 46.3% from its highs. What have they invested in that makes you say the value of Amazon? And we could talk about it, Microsoft, Apple, Google, Meta. Well, I'll just give you some big. Let's look at Amazon. Yeah, I'll just second. give you some big numbers. So okay. 10 years ago. Uh, in 2012, um, so I'm going on year-end data. This is the yeah. date I have it, 1231. Uh, they had gross property, plant, and equipment of $9.5 billion. That's that's the sum total of all of their their plant and equipment, basically. Yeah, and that include that can include vans and warehouses and you know, equipment. 9.6 billion. Is 9.6 that billion. 9.6 billion. Okay. The end of 2022, that was 349 billion. So 349 billion. <laughs> that just gives you some idea of what Amazon's been doing over the last decade. They they have been heavily investing yeah. into plant and equipment, things like that. Okay. Um, and what is that? What does that gain to Amazon? Well, What's that gives the them. It gives them more capacity to do a lot more business. I mean, they have a lot more vans on the road. They have a lot more warehouses. They can deliver to a lot more people on a one-day uh, one delivery or two-day delivery. They couldn't do that 10 years ago. So just just in the last two years, so we had in COVID, the last couple of years, yeah. in, 2020, in 2019, so this is pre-COVID, the end of 2019, they had $144 billion in gross plant property and equipment Last year, three hundred and forty-nine. So they more than doubled in, since two thousand nineteen. One, two, three years later, which they should be set for a while. Yeah, yeah. They they probably overdid it. They, they and in fact they said that they over overspent. Yeah. Um, total assets. I mean, this includes all of their assets. Uh, Ten years ago, it was uh, thirty-two billion four hundred sixty-two billion today. Over, today. Um, now they have, there's another side to this. There's also liabilities. So they have, they have liabilities, they have debt and and things like that. And, uh, they had 110 years ago, they had 9.7 billion or see 9 point or 8.1 billion in, uh, liabilities. I'm sorry, 24 billion in liabilities. And last year 
they had 316 billion. But so they, if you take the, that's called, this is called shareholders equity, a book value. Mm -hmm. And if they, if they were to pay off all their debts and their assets, and this is what shareholders own, this is the equity of in the, in the business, we're talking 8.1 billion to 146 billion over, you know, last year. So that's, that's significant growth. So that's what I'm talking about is Amazon is in, investing heavily back into the business so 10 years from now these numbers will i will be much larger than what they are today just like they are much larger today than what they were 10 years ago and is it fair to say that that the stock price will eventually catch up yes what the value of the company really is that's that's the difficult part as an investor is you're you're evaluating management and you're saying, are, are those good investments? Have they made good investments? Yeah. And what are those investments worth? And what kind of free cash flow will those investments generate? That's, that's the job of an investor. That's what I'm looking at all the time and looking at, okay, these are the investments they're making in the business. Are they good investments? Do you trust management? Are they doing a good job reinvesting our money? I mean, these are our, this, yeah. this is our money as the owner of the business. Are they doing a good job? And that's why it's so important to evaluate whether or not we trust management. We think they're smart. They're doing a good job of reallocating the resources, the capital of the company. Yeah. In the case of Amazon, if you look at the track record of Jeff Bezos, you look at the track record of uh, Andy um, Jassy. Andy Jassy. I think they've done. I think they've proven that they know what they're doing. They've done a really good job. Yeah. Now they've. They, it's not that they haven't been perfect. The last couple of years, they they admit that they overinvested. I don't think anyone was perfect for COVID. No, I mean, and everybody made mistakes yep. during COVID. I mean, yep, they did just, some good things and a lot of a lot of poor things right. with expenses. Yeah, and we're know. paying for it right now yep. as a country and inflation and things like that. Yeah, but it's but here's the beautiful thing about the market. I want everyone to think about this. We've got the value of a business which is increasing. We got the stock price down. That provides the opportunity to buy the business under what the business is worth to so that when price eventually catches up to the true value of the business, that's how you make money. Right. That's what we're doing. Now, now I need to say just for full disclosure, the world has changed a little bit in how we calculate the value of, of, of those cash flows, those future cash flows. And that's the that's how we determine the value of a business is the future cash flows of that business. Yeah. And two years ago, interest rates were Half less percent. than one percent. Yeah. You know, less than one percent. And so we discount those future cash flows with a really low discount rate. That makes those cash flows more valuable in the future. Today, we are discounting those future cash flows at three and four percent. And so those cash flows aren't as valuable as they were two years ago. That's the other side of it. That's what makes it sometimes difficult to value a business is you get a, you have a discount rate. You, you look at investments and analyze whether or not those were good investments. And, you know, I think they were good investments, but the, we are discounting those cash flows at a different rate today. They're less valuable, but overall the business, the underlying business is, is more, more valuable. valuable. Has more earnings potential. That's a great way to summarize it. More earnings potential, yes. but those earnings are discounted at a lower rate. That's probably the best way to say it. And you think about Microsoft, Google, Meta, 
their investment into AI and all the R&D that's going into that, that's just starting to catch fire, if you want to call it that. Yeah. I mean, that chat GP. Which wrote your Valentine's Day card? <laughs> that's which right. was beautiful. By yeah, the way. yeah. I mean, that's that's ahead of us too. These companies are always investing in future earnings, right? In in the potential for better future earnings. Now, tell me this: think of Coke and Pepsi and some of those companies. Um, they pay dividends. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily investing like the companies we're talking about. How do those companies differ from Amazon, Google? That's a great question. So you have companies like Coke, Pepsi, Procter and Gamble, Johnson and Johnson. These are big, large, mature businesses, and they have more cash flow than oppor- than opportunities where they can invest those cash flows mm-hmm. and back into the business. And so what do they do? They take a part of those cash flows and pay a dividend. Yep. Okay. Instead of reinvesting those those dividends back into the business, they actually pay them out to shareholders. To shareholders. So that's the difference. The other thing that they can do is they can take part of those free cash flows, excess cash, and buy back stock. And that's another way of returning money back to the shareholder. If you have a if you have a pie and it has four slices and then you take one of those slices away and the remaining owners now divide it three ways instead of four ways. So they now instead of owning a quarter of the company, they own a third of the company. That's one way of increasing your share of the company, your share of the profits is you own a third of the business instead of a quarter of the business because one of those slices of pie disappeared when they bought back that that stock. So those types of companies are better off paying a dividend than reinvesting back in the business because there's really no further earnings that they can invest in. Yeah, they they just they don't have as many investment opportunities to invest back in the business as say an Amazon. Oh. So if you have a business that's growing at a high rate, you as an owner of that business and it's and they're getting good returns on their investments called return on equity, return on capital, yeah. their return on assets, they're getting good returns on those investments. As an investor, as an owner, you want them to reinvest back in the business. You don't want them to pay a dividend. That's so important for people to understand. What does Buffett always say about him paying a dividend? Well, if he would if Buffett would have paid a dividend over the last, you know, 50 years, Berkshire the value of Berkshire Hathaway would be much lower today than it is. And the reason why Berkshire is such a valuable company is is compounded over the last 50 years at 20 plus percent a year is because he's reinvested all the profits back into the business. Mm-hmm. And just in the last few years, he's actually built up such a big war chest of cash back into the business. And he's limited on investment opportunities. He's actually buying back stock. And that's a way to return capital back to shareholders is buy back stock. And so he's been doing that the last few years. He, he'd never really done that in big, big, uh, big uh, amounts up until just the last yeah. couple of years. It's important as we as we summarize this, it's important to uh, to understand 
that there is a difference between the value of the business and the stock price. Yeah. And that's where the opportunity lies. Because if you can find a completely, you know, Amazon, Google, um, Bank of America, right? These aren't recommendations, but that's what's happening right now to where their stock price is significantly less than the business is worth. Yeah. And that's that's why I love the stock market. Because you can find these great deals to buy phenomenal businesses at discounts. Yeah. I mean, that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to identify businesses where there's a discrepancy between the price of the business, where it's trading on the market, and the value of the business. And they're two different things. How, how much of your day are you trying to... to? I mean, that's essentially what I'm doing all day is <laughs> all I'm... Day. Yeah. I mean, the, the other part of it is you're trying to identify, you know, other other companies, yeah, yeah. right, that... that uh, look attractive that we think have we talk about durable competitive advantages i mean that's really key as far as what we want to own we want to own businesses that that we can buy and own for 10 years because they have com- durable competitive advantages got a couple we're looking at right now yeah we talked about one may or may not yeah happen yep anyway i think it's important to understand value of a business versus stock price which is the opportunity that all of you have to make money in the market. Yeah. With that, I'm I'm excited to see how we move into Q2 and what the market does. I'm bullish. Yeah, we'll see. I'm always bullish. Yeah, Brian. you're always bullish. For it's sure. a probability. It's well, probabilities. Yeah, you're always bullish. Why? Because there's a 75% chance every year that the market's up. Right. Why would I be the 25% guy? Right. I, I'm always bullish long term. I'm I'm always I don't really get caught up in the, you know, what's gonna happen this year, what's gonna get capped over the next few months. I always think, okay, three years from now, yeah, I feel I'm very good. good pretty at, good. I feel yeah. I feel really good. I, yeah. I don't I don't even really think too much about what's gonna happen this year. Yeah. It could happen. I have an opinion, but you yeah. know the other side to that is I have been bearish and was very successful being bearish, but you can only be bearish for so long. Mm-hmm. And flipping the switch from bearish to bullish is one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. Yeah. In 2008, 2009, I missed out on so much profits because psychologically, I could not flip to being bearish to bullish. It's not worth it, in my opinion. Yeah. To try to be the 25% guy and make a little bit of money on the downside when the probabilities say otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's why stocks are up over time. We do, this whole conversation we've been having today yep. is businesses, companies reinvest back in the business, just like Berkshire's done, just like Amazon's doing, just like Google's been doing. And, uh, and that's why in corporate America, corporate America reinvests their profits back into the business back into the businesses and that grows future earnings future profits that's that's the that's the key that's the secret of investing right there yep that i think a lot of people don't really understand yep amen brother well we'll see if uh we'll see if our clients are right with an average of 4172 on the s&p i hope they're wrong because i want to go higher than 4172 but time will tell until next time my friends 
Bye-bye. Bye. This is a purely public broadcast and is not intended to be personalized financial advice for any individual's specific situation. Each individual's financial situation is unique, and the topics discussed on this broadcast should not be relied upon and or considered as personalized advice. Specific financial securities discussed are not intended to address any listener's particular financial situation and should not be considered recommendations. This is for educational purposes only. For more information, please contact Iron Gate Global Advisors at info at igga.com or by